Welcome to the Holistic Health Show, where the worlds of science and spirituality converge to illuminate a path towards total well-being. Join us as we embark on a journey to bridge the gap between Western medicine and complementary therapies. Hello again. Welcome back to the Holistic Health Show. We have Dr. Anthony DePontes here with us today. He is a naturopath and functional medicine practitioner, and we're going to cover men's health. So we've done a lot with women's health in the past, women's sexual health, health and wellness, and we're going to get Dr. DePontes to jump straight in and tell us what is men's health, why is men's health important, and everything in between. Welcome, Dr. DePontes. Great to be here. Thank you, Amy. When I was looking to how we're going to approach it, these, and, and now I'm looking from a, from a male perspective, and, and guys are very... Uh, purpose-driven, okay? So today I want to talk about, yes, we'll talk about sexual health, but generally speaking, men's health is not just about sexual health. If we're going to be looking at that, we're going to be looking at cardiovascular disease and why that is so important. Do you know there's about 620 million men on the planet that have got cardiovascular disease, which actually will affect the sexual function. So that's a very important thing to look at. I'm not just going to be talking about, whoa, We've got sexual dysfunction and do this and do that. I want to talk to men and, and men might become a bit impatient. So I want to talk about remaining healthy because if your body is healthy, if your body is functional, you're not going to have so many dysfunctions in respect to whether it be cardiovascular disease or sexual dysfunction. Right. So keeping your body at optimum. If I can almost give an example it's the end of the year now, I'm exhausted, I'm overworked, irritable, my hormonal function maybe is not what it should be, I'm not getting a good sleep, and that's what it is, so I'm not functioning. And that's the physiological reason behind it. So if I can backtrack on that and I can say to you, what if I can put you into a situation where you are back at the beginning of the year, you've been well rested, now you're not going to have those issues, right? So let's start off by saying, we're talking about the cardiovascular health. Why is that so important? Because we're talking about the cardiovascular system, the heart, the blood vessels, and the movement of the blood around the body. So blood is the life force of the body. Now, traditionally in cardiovascular disease, there's going to be a problem with getting that blood around the body, whether that be increased cholesterol, which means the blood doesn't go fast enough around the body or doesn't reach the areas that it should reach, okay, or you have maybe a myocardial infarction where there's not enough blood and you have a heart attack. The, the typical thing with a chronic disease today is, and you'll find, you know, from 40, 50 year old men, if they're not keeping themselves in optimum health, if they're not exercising, if they're not eating well, if they're not sleeping well, they've got a diagnosis of hypertension and they are all on hypertensive medication and it becomes yeah. like a norm. And what I find with my patients is they'll come in and you'll ask them what medication. Yes, I'm on that beta blocker or that hypertensive medication. And for them, it's almost like normal. Well, you know, I've, I've reached that edge and uh, it's not normal. And that's what I want to bring home. That is a big red flag. Your body is not regulating properly if that is happening. The blood flow is not getting around the body. The blood flow is so, so important. And it, you know, we put a magnifying glass on that if we talk about sexual health. That's when you'll get a man to say, whoa, okay, there is a problem there because his performance is affected, right? So we want to make sure that your blood flow is flowing 
at Optimum. I want to approach it from the perspective of three components. We're going to talk about light, we're going to talk about electricity or magnetism, and we're going to talk about oxygen. You can get these things in your body functioning and at Optimum, you're not going to suffer with cardiovascular disease. You're not going to suffer with sexual dysfunction. And this is the challenge, I suppose. But you know, this is how we are meant to function. We have kind of alienated ourselves, maybe due to our social norms, of how we're supposed to be, because we are chasing a, a stressful environment. We have separated ourselves from actually who we are. So if I talk a bit more about that, let's start with light. Okay, light, sunlight, it has an effect on our body, it has an effect on the HPA axis, which is the hormonal axis, and it causes our body to regulate the melatonin and the cortisol, and when that happens, our body's able to wake up and go to sleep, become well rested, and function at optimum. But now today, we are exposed to the blue light from our our screens, that blue light toxicity causes circadian mismatches, we don't sleep properly, we don't regenerate, we don't go through the process of autophagy where we, our hormonal systems can regenerate. We've got too much cortisol, we're not sleeping, we're restless, there's too much inflammation, our body cannot regulate there. So that's something that you need to ensure that you're getting enough light and I think the, the number is about 85%. People are inside all the time. Well, you say, of yeah. course I am. I'm here in my office or I'm inside. Or maybe your environment is such that it is too cold to be outside or whatever it is. You know, it's winter in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment. And where I'm from, particularly, the days are short. And, you know, even in Northern Canada, they're even shorter or they're, they're you know, they have darkness for weeks yes. or months on end. And so it's not always as easy as making sure you get out for lunch and taking a 20 minute or an hour lunch break if you can squeeze it in. Sometimes right. it's the light isn't there. You know, I can remember living in Canada and you'd get up in the morning, it's dark. You drive to work or school, it's still dark. You're in a classroom or an office, it's daylight. You leave the office, it's dark. And when you're in that classroom and it's daylight, you've got the, the glass between you and the sunlight. Right? Yes. So that is preventing the sunlight rays coming directly onto your, onto your body, into your eyes. Mm. So there's another barrier, so to speak. So I'm not saying that it's the easiest thing. You get things like yeah. biomodulation, which is like red light therapy, which can start to, to stimulate it and help you to rebalance. But something as simple as getting out in nature for 10 minutes in the morning, first light, that helps to re-regulate your cortisol, right? Mm -hmm. Now remember, cortisol has got to do with stress, got to do with inflammation. When you are so stressed like that, you're not going to perform at optimum. The inside of the arterioles of your arteries, arterioles are going to be inflamed. The blood flow is not going to go through there. It's going to cause the blood to clump, leading to a propensity to maybe have a myocardial infarction or a angina, when you maybe put stress and pressure on that, when you're doing exercise, you know, oh, I've got a pain here, let me, let me stop, that, that type of thing, that can be really scary. So a simple thing like getting enough light. So we talk about the light. Then we're going to talk about the electromagnetism, the electricity in your body. If you have a look at how your body is made, each cell is designed 
at optimum to measure minus 50 millivolts. That's the electricity in your cell. Mm. That electricity in your cell gets there by pH gradients and mineral gradients, maybe the sodium potassium pump. And at that minus 50 millivolts, it's an optimum cell. It's energetic. It can bring minerals in, out. It can dump the toxins, bring in the nutrients, and it's good. And your cell does what it needs to do. Now, with disease, or let's say the blood flow is not as optimum, that cell millivolts might go down. When it goes down to negative 20, you are in a situation where your body is not able to metabolize everything, and you can have a tendency to get cancer. Oh, you don't want that. So can you see how important it is to exercise, to get the metabolism going, to get the body to be able to detoxify the, the poisons and to get in the nutrients. Can you just talk about that a little more? I'm familiar with some of the words that you've mentioned, the sodium potassium pump, um, the electromagnetism within the body, and there being this optimal, as you said, it was negative 15 millivolts. But how do you, I guess, assess that? And then how do you, do you regulate that within the body? It, it's got to do with scales. If we uh, take an electrical meter, we, we can measure that on the skin. Mm, okay. That is regulated by pH. So if you are too acidic, I'm sure you've heard the thing of, oh, I'm too acidic, toxic, or um, yeah. malfunctioning, or my, my body's ability to strengthen itself is, is reduced, or I'm fatigued when you are too acidic, all right? Or I might have inflammation, I might have eczema. You know, a chronic type of illness, you're going to have that reduced cellular vitality. Let me use the word cellular vitality. Maybe that makes it easier. Okay. Can I say the amount of electricity in your body? All right. So when you, if you using batteries for some appliance, when the battery starts to go low, the appliance goes slower. That's when the body's cellular vitality is reduced. So we want to keep that up by keeping your body as alkaline as possible. If you look at the blood, the optimum values for a blood pH is a 7.35 to 7.45. It's a very narrow range. And when that range goes down towards the acidic portion, that's when your functionality is reduced. And is this why you see a lot of people really promoting the alkaline diets or alkaline waters? The alkaline diet, yes. Alkaline water is, is a, it's a misnomer. You're not going to get any, your body is not going to turn alkaline from taking alkaline water. Okay. Okay. So the alkaline diet, the vegetables, beautiful. Go with that. Right. That's why when you talk about the, the fasting or the, the nutritional eating patterns, that's why you get the benefit. That's why when we talk about a diet to increase the electricity or your cellular vitality, that's what we're talking about. Now we've spoken about the electricity, we've spoken about the light, and now we're going to talk about oxygen. Right? Oxygen is optimum. If we have a look at the, the body's metabolism, it's called the Krebs cycle. And in the Krebs cycle, it'll take a molecule of sugar and break that down and release energy. Actually, it releases, I think, 38 packets of ATP. And that's the energy that your body is going to be able to, how do I say it? Your body's going to be able to release energy. Wow, I'm energetic. I've got energy for love making. I've got energy for doing my work, whatever it is, because of this release. So you want to make sure that that is also up. So light, electricity or magnetism, and oxygenation. And these are the three things, if you can look to work on it every day, whether it be doing a bit of exercise, as we spoke about eating well, right, getting your exposure to the sun, 
you're not going to be have a propensity to suffer with the cardiovascular disease, to suffer with the sexual dysfunction. So, yeah. you know, people might say, well, that's a lot to digest and a lot, of, uh, you know, a bit more than I can chew. How am I going to do that every day? I'll agree with you. Just start slowly. Changing those yeah. patterns, changing those habits. It's not an immediate thing that's going to happen. You're going to slowly start to change your metabolism, just like when you're going to get fit. If you're unfit now and you're going to get fit, it might take you six weeks. That's perfectly okay. But in today's world, we're an instant gratification society. Yeah. I want it and I want it now. Yeah. And that's the problem. If you're looking at, do I call it natural health or optimum health, it doesn't just happen straight out the box. Yeah. You've got to work on it a bit. Because remember, we've had, could it be months or years of poor habits, excess stress, poor diets. So with the increased cortisol, the inflammation, the weakening of the adrenal glands, whatever the, the metabolic function is or the, the physiological aspect is, We've got to reverse that. Maybe we've got nutrient deficiencies. You've got to take proper nutrients in, and that's with the food that you're taking. And it's like you said with the the bad habits. I mean, that's even the first kind of hurdle, isn't it? It's changing those habits. And again, as you mentioned, it doesn't have to be everything cold turkey or an overnight, but it's it's adapting this step-by-step lifestyle change, the step-by-step approach to that lifestyle change. And that it's not necessarily going to be linear. And I think it's really important that everyone understands that, that you can get up one day gung-ho and ready to make all those steps. And the next day you might, I mean, life might happen. You may not have the energy. You might all of a sudden just not have the motivation. And it, so it's not going to be a linear journey, but you know, what is it? The 1% every day, just a little bit every day. Absolutely. And when we talk, so let's say non-linear, it's not always just a physiological, okay, I'm going to do it. Okay, I've got a list. I'm going to do all of these things now. Because remember, here we're talking probably, or people, the way they're seeing it, they're talking about my physical body. You know, I've got to get more exercise. Or I've got to get more food. That is true. But you're not just a physical being. You've got an emotional body. And the emotions are very much linked to function. You know, if I can use the example, let me use the, the example in the female body. Right. And if we're talking sexual function in the female body, it's not just a physical act. For women, it's very much an emotional experience. They need to be loved. They need to feel secure and safe. And with that comes emotional attachments. So if you bypass that, you're not going to get any good effect from the woman. So that's maybe not so apparent in a man, but there are still emotional factors. You know, with a man, if, if I take the... The, do I call it a stereotype? Okay, I'm the man, I'm strong, I'm the protector, I'm the provider, I'm the testosterone. That's also got emotional aspects to it. So now, if I'm coming from a point of view where maybe I've had a bit of ill health or I'm not an optimum, I've got certain emotional functioning or, or malfunctioning or emotional patterns that are not actually so supportive. So when I'm changing these things, when I'm increasing the oxygen the light, the electricity, those patterns are going to start to change as well. And that's why it's nonlinear. You go you know, two steps forward, one step back. It might take you six months, it might take you a year, but in that time, you're going to be more of a superman than you were before. And it's not going to be something that you have to, in regular sexual health prescriptions, you're going to have to take that medication for the rest of your life if you want to have that function because they're not dealing with the issues of the blocked arteries or the, the blood that is too thick or that is not moving 
at optimum through the arterioles and getting blocked. Or the calcification in the, in the blood vessels, the cholesterol blockages. So by using the light, the magnetism and the oxygen, you're actually, you're actually making your body younger. Now, if we talk a little bit more about the, the electricity and the magnetism, we spoke about the pH. Now, another thing is we spoke about the negative 50 millivolts. How does the body regulate that at optimum? We are supposed to be living on planet Earth. All right. So you talk to most people maybe that are listening to this podcast right now. Let them look down. They're probably wearing shoes and those shoes probably have rubber soles. So they are, in effect, insulated from the earth. I don't know if you've ever known or you heard of the concept of grounding or earthing. Basically, what that says is you are touching the earth, the ground, with your bare feet. And what that means is the excess charge in your body is going down and it is neutralized by the earth. We actually have, just just to let everyone know, have another episode. It's published early when we when we first launched the holistic health show and it is it discusses grounding and how to begin grounding and just the basics of yes. grounding for beginners kind of thing it's a really short episode so definitely go check that out as well and it's so true as you were saying that i, I don't have any shoes on i'm a big fan of being barefoot oh, good. <laughs> australian Wonderful. culture is actually a very very big on bare feet it's a little bit controversial <laughs> at the moment you'll see it in the news sometimes but really yeah, it is important. I'd, I'd love for you to continue. I just wanted to put that out yeah. there for people listening to have a have a deeper dive Perfect. into grounding. It's it's excellent. So you know, there's ways that you can go about it. You know, sometimes social norms. You you are your own boss, Amy. You're in the recording studio. You've got no shoes on. That's fine. But if you've got a job where you are maybe more in the spotlight and you have to have a certain persona, you can't not ground yourself. So maybe what you'd like to do is for. In the morning when you're getting ready, you want to maybe spend about five, ten minutes with your feet on the ground to help to regulate that. Or you can wear shoes that do not have rubber soles so that you can still be grounded to the earth. Another thing that you can do is you can get a, a grounding mat when you sleep so that you are grounded as well. So all of these things are going to increase the magnetism and increase the electricity. It's amazing how you will sleep better, and when you sleep better, your hormonal balance will be better. You'll have more energy the next day. These are all small little things. Yes, it takes time to put into place, but once it's in place, it's in place, right? And for all intents and purposes, it's not very expensive to do. Maybe there's a little bit of an outlay to get a mat. It's free to go outside. It's free to stand on the ground, these type of things. But it's a mindset change that you have to do. I feel so many uh, of our societies are such that I'm in a rush, I'm in a rush, I can't do that, I'm wasting time. Take some time for yourself and Absolutely. get it, get the momentum going with this. And now we haven't even broached the subject or spoken directly on sexual health, but I've set you up for success. Start doing these things, okay? Start ensuring that your sleep is good. Start ensuring that your diet is much better with the, the optimum food, less alcohol, less processed food, less sugar, okay? Because we're wanting to increase the electricity in your body. And again, it's mm -hmm. not going to happen all at once because I've got to get my head right to change my diet or to reduce my soft drinks, whatever it is that you're going to do. If you've got to go and see a dietitian to do that, start slowly, but with the, the focus in mind that, hey, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to get my risk factors for cardiovascular disease or sexual dysfunction. They're going out the window. 
and I say this to everybody because it's your birthright to be healthy, but we are trapped in the society where it's push, push, rush, rush, quick, quick, fast foods, everything like that, which does not support our physiology. I'd love to ask a question and then have you either correct me or perhaps guide me a little differently. Mm. I'm hearing, so we're talking about the cardiovascular health, which of course is incredibly important. And then we're talking about this link between men's sexual health and cardiovascular. My initial thinking here um, is that it's the blood flow. And so the blood flow not supporting an erect penis. Is there a much more to that? Is that just, I'm just grasping a really basic understanding here? Or can you kind of maybe explain yes. more that direct link? Okay, so let's say the perfect world. I'm not stressed out, okay, but I've got certain issues and my blood flow isn't too good, all right? And so my sexual function, my erections are very poor. Normally, especially in today's world, we've got the issue of reduced blood flow because of the inflammation, because of the excess cholesterol, okay, because of the calcification. We've also got the component of stress. We've also got the, the dysregulation of the autonomic nervous system. I'm always going, going, push, 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 sleeping too little. I'm in a sympathetic state. My body's uh, cortisol is up, all right? So now I'm stressed out. My body is ready. It's in the fight or flight mechanism. And now I've got to perform sexually. Well, if you look at sexual function, it's increasing the likelihood for the species to go on, perpetuation of the species. That's not supposed to be a stressful event. I'm relaxed. I'm having fun. It's not a sympathetic state. You're in a parasympathetic state then when that should be happening. So now there's a there's a dichotomy that you can't do both. All right? Nice. And that's why you're going to have the, the problem. Even if your blood flow is fine, you're not going to be performing as, as you should, or maybe your erection won't be so hard, or, or, or the climax won't be so good, or you'll have a premature ejaculation because of the autonomic dysfunction, because oh. you're too stressed out. So these are the two major issues that you want to address. But if you've sorted out your light, your electrical and magnetic issues, and your oxygenation, by almost default, you can have managed your stress so much better. You're going to be sleeping so much better. Then you're not going to have so much of a problem. Now, in reality, I think you've got to combine the two. Because, like we said, I can't do all of those things right now. And men are very impatient. It's also, it's going to hit their ego. Hey, I'm not functioning. I didn't satisfy her as much as I wanted. And they feel really bad or inferior. So then, normally they would go and look for the, the instant gratification, whether it be the Viagra or the Cialis, to get that. Mm. Right. So Which have their to, own side effects, I'm sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. So I'm trying to have a, a buffer or a in-between where you can reduce your stress. Remember, you've got to exercise as well. Why? Because that's pumping the blood around the body, bringing the oxygenation, etc. So you can use both at the same time so that you can save your, your ego, if I can put it that way. You will mm. see that... This approach works quite quickly if you can start to do it on a regular basis. And yeah. the thing is, you also start to realize certain things, not just physiologically from the man's perspective, but emotionally. That's the beauty of it. We can go and talk a little bit more maybe about testosterone deficiency. I'd love to. If I could mm -hmm. ask a question just before we leave the light electromagnetism and oxygen, um, you were talking about the Krebs cycle and the oxygenation in the body. 
And my mind was brought to oxygen therapy, which you see a lot of now. So is that a helpful tool either in the short term or the long term, or is there something else that you, or, or am I not on the right track even? Yes. Can you kind of elaborate there? You're you're on the right track. So oxygen therapy is brilliant, but it's going to cost money. Mm -hmm. You can go and do breathing every day, deep breathing to, to bring more oxygen in. You can go and do EWOT, which is exercise with oxygen therapy. It's going to bring in a lot more. So you can take all of these aspects and improve on them with, whether it be supplements or um, apparatuses. Okay, you know, we spoke about photobiomodulation, which is the red light therapy. You've got to go and buy one of those mm. lights. But mm. you can just go outside. You can start today, and the, the results will be quite well and quite good almost immediately the the major trigger is that you have to be consistent and you have to do it you have to yeah. commit to this and start changing things so we can do the photobiomodulation we can do the the e-water or the the oxygen therapy and there's many different aspects to that all right but if i'm going to reach the majority of people i'm just going to get them to the basics and they can still benefit from that so you want to try and be outside when you do it. It's not essential, but you want to get that uh, fresh air. And you're going to take some deep breaths. So if you see me now, I don't know if you can see my shoulders here. I'm breathing pretty shallow. You can't see anything. But if I'm going to be breathing deeply, it's up. Can you see I'm, I'm raising my shoulders to get mm. the air to be pulled into the lungs. And it's a, a forceful thing. To, making that space as well. Making that space, yes. Okay. You're wanting to get the oxygen to be pushed into those arteries in the lungs. That's a change that you're going to be doing. But now I said, do it every day. Even if you're doing mm. 10, 10 breaths a day in the morning to start off with, mm. it's going to make the change. Yeah, again, it's building that habit, isn't it? Mm. And that's why it can take a couple of months for you to do because you've got 100 things on your list and you've got to start believing and you've got to start seeing that, hey, this has got to take priority. It doesn't take forever. It's not like a gym workout where you've got to do it for an hour, but you yeah. just start putting those micro changes in. And the problem is maybe people are thinking like, no, this can't really work. So they don't put the, the effort into it. Okay. You know, and I always say, just give it a shot. It's not, you're not going to be worse off for it. So if, if what you're doing now is not helping you live a healthy life or the life you want, then just try it. Basically, what this does is it's causing homeostasis in the body. It's causing balance in the body. So you might be on a few other drugs for your your problem. Do this anyway. It's going to help you maybe to come off those drugs or reduce the dosages. Anyone who has applied some of these techniques and has taken themselves off, well, not taken themselves off, they've been supported in coming off of these medications, some, you know, maybe not all, because often you'll find people who are taking one for another and another and another, and it's a domino right. effect. But it's very satisfying when you've made this lifestyle change that initially probably seemed difficult and challenging. And then, you know, you're not on that medication anymore and you're healthy. And that's Absolutely. an incredibly satisfying result. 100% there. Yes. And I say maybe especially so for a for a man, especially if you're looking at those sexual drugs, the mm. sexual performance. It's the power drug. you have back. Exactly. Yeah. And that affects the ego tremendously. Yeah. So, hey, Absolutely. I don't need that. I can do it myself. I am powerful again or, 
whatever they're going to be thinking. So mm-hmm. psychologically, that's also part of the, the aspect that you have to look at. And if you look at, call it sexual anticipation anxiety, am I going to be able to satisfy my wife tonight? Or you know, is she going to laugh at me? Or I wonder what she's actually thinking there because mm-hmm. uh, you know she, she says, no, no, it's fine. But does she really think it's fine? And they can actually work themselves up into quite a, a quandary and quite a, a stress and pressure there because is it true? Because what am I looking at when we talk about this, you know, I'm the man, I'm the provider, I'm the protector. That's a lot of the time how they would uh, compare themselves to maybe a, another man. Hey, I'm, I can satisfy my wife. These type of things. These aren't often spoken about, but they're real, yeah. they're real things. It's a bit of it's a bit of a spiral. I mean, I can completely understand how you would get there, and particularly if you're not voicing these concerns. You know, it's perhaps shame or embarrassment or guilt. You know, whatever it is. But when you're not voicing these concerns, you're not being heard, and you're not hearing that your feelings are valid. You're and you're not hearing the wife then say or the partner then say well, no, I don't feel that way. Or why don't we come up with a solution? Because that's kind of where women go at conversations is is finding a yeah. solution. So it's it's a bit of a spiral when you're getting there in that in that state. Another thing I want to bring up, and that seems to, I don't know if it's the same in your country, I don't know if you'll even know about it, but pornography is huge. I don't know if it's because of, since the advent of the internet, it's so much more accessible, but... Mm. Pornography is something that actually numbs the body off. Mm. It's going to raise your cortisol level, so maybe initially you'll get a thrill from it, but it's going to numb off your emotional body. It's going to take you more and more and more to get off on on that, okay? As opposed to a, can I call it a, a fulfilling sexual relationship with your significant other, and people don't realize it. They look for that instant gratification okay well she's not here now or i need it now and they look to to that function of pornography it's the worst thing that can happen it's so addictive and it's quite difficult to get out of and you were even talking about the ego and surely watching pornography is going to impact the ego you know, if especially if you're, and maybe maybe there's no difference in age. I was going to say if you're young and you're new to sex and you don't know what it's all about, and then you're watching pornography, and at, sometimes it's very outrageous and not necessarily realistic to what an everyday sexual relationship looks like. And so that in itself is well, feels feels to me like a huge hit on the ego. Yeah, if you look at it from this perspective of. You've got a skewed perception, and that is at the fundamental part of the, or the beginning of your sexual maturity. It's so difficult to change that as opposed to you've got a fundamental understanding, and then you you know you might experiment and things like that, but you know what the what the lay of the land is. But the reason people go for the pornography is like the more the the, the more intensity the the thrills they need more and more thrills and that often happens because they are not supported or they're not feeling fulfilled emotion and it, yes. it's another layer right so you've got touch and and emotion and then all of a sudden you've got visuals you know yeah. it's like this other whole sense that you're adding to the sexual Correct. experience 
which certainly could what I can see why you would say and you know you do hear often that it can be very addictive and because it it takes the norm out of it and it's it's adding this layer where okay now I need to add this and now I need to add that so hmm. so it actually changes a lot of the neurochemicals in the brain and not to a positive outcome although initially you might think it is but when you, you know, with well, I suppose with any addiction, when you get caught with that addiction, then, then you're like, oh, okay, now I'm going to try and get out of it. And then find happiness and pleasure without it, yeah. which I'm sure yeah. is another journey. Yeah, I mean, you can go into the, the spiritual connotations of that, which is maybe another podcast that we talk about. Mm. Yes, it's so true. Well, let's bring you back to testosterone. Thank you for answering my questions and going down that road with me. Testosterone, this is like very common. Like you talk to almost every man and they'll, they don't know everything about it. Yeah, I've heard of that. And, you know, testosterone going down. And, well, I'm getting to that age. I, I need a bit of a boost. And it, it's quite common in medicine now. You know, if you look at the, the female, you've got hormone replacement therapy. Well, I'm getting towards menopause. Like, let me just boost mm. myself up there. It's interesting that, you know, and perhaps this is just the natural conversation, but I wrote earlier is there hormone therapy for men? Because you hear yeah. about it a lot. And we've talked about it on the show for women. So let's let's clarify that now. Um, let's go back, I don't know, 50 years. They didn't really have that. And people got by. But remember when we were talking at the beginning, it's like things have got more. It's extra. It's not normal. What was 50 years ago is not normal today. People want more, extra today. So, well, have you heard that saying that 50, it goes 70 is the new 50? So, mm. you know, 50 yeah. years ago, when you were 70, you were like kind of old or over the hill. Now, yeah. it's, it's not like that anymore. So, it, it's a similar type of thing. You, you need more now. So, we get the testosterone deficiencies. But also today, there are more factors that are leading to us men having, and I say this in better commas, less testosterone. Maybe we don't necessarily have less testosterone now, but the factors are causing the relative deficiency. So let me try and clarify or explain that. If we look at a, a female, what are the hormones that make up a female? Yes, you've got a small bit of testosterone, but it's mostly the interplay between estrogen and progesterone. And if we have a look at a woman, what takes a woman from a prepubescent little girl to mature female, it's puberty and the estrogen comes in. And estrogen starts to get that female body, the fat in the right places, the curves in the right places, and she has the periods. So we can say estrogen causes growth, growth of that endometrium of the uterus and uh, the deposition of fat. Now, what is that similar to? If we look at estrogen today in, in our world, we look at xenoestrogens, which are artificial or external estrogens, such as so many women are taking the contraceptive pill, that gets into our water supply. Me as a man, I drink that water, I'm exposed to estrogen. The yeah. herbicides and pesticides are what are known as xenoestrogens. They have an estrogenic effect on the body. I eat the food, it's got the herbicide or pesticide in it, so I'm exposed to estrogen. The, the water that is in the plastic bottle that I drink has got an estrogenic effect. So now I'm a man with testosterone that is swimming around in a sea of estrogen. Well, I say, don't worry about that. My liver will take control and it'll detoxify. But what happens when your liver is not functioning at optimum? Now, 
if you would be able to take a, a regular picture of, say, a bunch of men, say, 50 years ago, and a bunch of regular men today, you'll see our men today are obese, they are balding, and they can't get it up. Sexual function is down, they are balding, which is hormonal dysregulation, okay, just like when you see female pattern baldness. Now we're having, the men are also getting that. And, and the obesity, what did we talk about when I said, what is the function of estrogen? We're looking at the, the increase in fat. So I'm a man with testosterone, but I've got estrogen in my body now. Well, I've got too much weight on me. I'm, I'm fat. Ooh, I'm going to the gym. I can't get myself defined so that you can see my muscle is covered with a layer of fat. We are exposed to too much estrogen. That's a problem. And our livers are not able to adequately detoxify that. But you listen to the mainstream media. Just go to gym more. It's not just about that. You yeah. need to get your liver in optimum function. Otherwise, you're just going to be going round and round. Okay. And is that the solution to too much estrogen? I mean, aside from the ideal of, you know, removing it from the environment, it's the yes. liver that you have to focus on. It's, it's the liver. The, the part that I forgot to add in here is the cortisol. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you've got too much cortisol, you're going to have issues with uh, estrogen and testosterone. It's going to reduce that. So you've got to also regulate your testosterone, your cortisol properly, okay? There's something called aromatization where testosterone is converted to estrogen. If my liver enzymes aren't what they should be doing, I've got the estrogen circulating and stimulating those receptors. So there's, there's a lot to look into, and that's why so often we talk about detoxification, making sure that you are using a, a water filter if you if you link to municipal water small little things huh but very important and that's why it's quite fine to say hey listen i'm going to take six months to get this plan in place so i, I hope what i'm bringing here to you is you can see it's almost like a lifestyle thing that you're going to change and you can see all the little boxes that we're ticking yeah, i've got to do this i'm going to do that i've got to do that and then i'll be successful because you you're taking away the physiological blocks to you expressing your testosterone in the right way. And what I might suggest is, to whoever's listening to this podcast, get in contact with their, their doctor or whoever their practitioner is and maybe work together with them. They, they can lead you and they can guide you or you can say, listen, I'm having a terrible month. Nothing's happened. I haven't lost any fat or you know, my function in bed is shocking. There might mm -hmm. be certain other things that you can talk about and maybe let's talk about this testosterone deficiency and what we can do about it. Now, traditionally, they were going to give you testosterone. Most of the time, that is a synthetic testosterone, which puts extra stress and pressure on the liver. We don't want that. We want to have our mm. liver functioning in optimum. That's why you get side effects from some testosterone preparations. The, the other option is a bioidentical testosterone, which is very similar to your body's testosterone, and you don't have those side effects. You're going to make sure that your liver is working properly. It always amazes me that there's synthetic hormones. It, why? Why isn't everything bioidentical? Is it, is it that it's more costly? Is it simply just another product that people want to sell? It's quite easy. I'll give you two reasons. The yeah. pharmaceutical grade, they make a lot of money off that. Okay? Yeah. And maybe to be a bit fair, there might be certain specific functions that you want with this androgen that you wouldn't get with a body and then they would say well only take it for a week or two weeks or a month and then stop it so that can be a reasoning why maybe they want to do training that type of thing 
But for the person that's going to see the general practitioner, that's what they're going to get. They're really not going to get a bioidentical. You might have to go to your functional medicine doctor or similar type thing if you're wanting to get a, a bioidentical. So that's that there now. Often I get patients who are either on the synthetic hormone or the bioidentical and they say, my life has changed since I've been on that. And by using a homeopathic preparation, it's going to reduce the amount that you need. It's going to reduce the toxicity or the potential toxicity by reducing the pharmacodynamics of how your body detoxifies that, that hormone. And often we can get them off that. They can just be taking a, a herbal formula and a homeopathic and they can still be getting that good sexual function. Now let's just clarify this. What is a good sexual function? Now most of the time you find with men, it's never enough. They want more and more. The erection must be harder. They must be able to last longer beyond what is physiologically normal. That's when you start to use that testosterone in degrees that maybe you shouldn't. So it's a fine balance. So if you are, say, younger, let's say you're in your 40s and you're struggling with erectile dysfunction or premature ejaculation, actually, there shouldn't be any issues. You should be able to come off everything and be fine. The reason why that is happening most of the time is because you are overly stressed. Remember, we spoke about that autonomic regulation. So if you can get yourself de-stressed, if, if there is an issue in the circulatory system where you've got blockages, if you can get that sorted out, mm. you should be fine. You're not, you're 40, you're not 80, all right? Should be working fine. But the challenge is people at that age, they are trying to establish themselves. They're working too hard. They're sleeping too little. You've got to get the balance. Uh, when you are 80 or 90, can one expect to still have a healthy sexual life? As a man, yes, you can. So now you must, you must clarify that. You're not going to be as virile. You're still going to be able to have the erection. You're still going to have a desire. Yes, it'll mm -hmm. be less, but you can still perform. Sometimes, you know, and again, like I said, the man always wants more and more and more. So you can see, you can get that biological hormone and you can have benefit. You just make sure that your liver is functioning at optimum. So we discussed that men don't necessarily want to have these conversations. And to the men who are listening, absolutely start having the conversations. Whether you start with your partner or with your GP or your functional medicine practitioner, you absolutely don't have to live in hurt or shame or feeling guilty. And as a woman, we feel we feel this too. We, we don't like to talk about certain things. And everyone, every individual on the earth has things they don't want to talk about, but it's just so important to, to live your life to the fullest. It does take oftentimes having hard conversations. So as Dr. DePont has mentioned, just have them. Yeah, you can start slowly. Okay. Whoa, that's too much for me. That's bringing too much up for me. I'm going to just take a bit of a break, but then get back to it. Cardiovascular health has such an impact on sexual health. So if you're one of these people who's worried about your sexual function, you don't want to talk about it, start talking about your cardiovascular health. That's something that you're probably a lot more comfortable talking about. That's it. And, you know, let me talk about optimal. Often you will go to the doctor and say, no, everything's fine. Maybe the cholesterol's a bit high. Listen, that is not optimal, right? Mm. If you want to know about optimal, don't go to your regular doctor. You need to look maybe at a functional medicine doctor or if yeah. there are certain other people that can address that for you and you want to... You want to plot away at that. You want to make sure that you are 
moving, that you're getting that oxygenation, that you are revived, that your stress is controlled, that you are feeling vibrant. That, that's when you'll know, hey, I'm there. I get up every morning and I'm good to go. Uh, that type of thing. It can take a while to, to get there. Okay, And interestingly enough, a lot of that can be from an emotional struggle, an emotional suppression. So you need to feel comfortable with a person that you are talking to. Yeah. And don't be discouraged. So often, even in my own experience, having lived in many different countries, I've had to switch doctors quite often. And you don't always get what you want or what you need from the first GP you come across. And again, it's not always a GP who's going to give you what you need. If they're not open to kind of exploring or if they're, you know, kind of pushing, oh, well, here's here's your Band-Aid pill, you know, seek a functional medicine practitioner. Amy, I'd like to just bring one concept forward if I can, but talking about the homeopathic remedy, all right? So we talk about the homeopathic remedy in respect to your psychological nervousness or your anticipation of not being able to perform. And from what I've just said, well, you know, you've got to get the, the blood flow going and you've got to get the, the stress down. There's certain homeopathic remedies that are absolutely amazing for this that work on the, the psyche, on the emotions. I always feel really intimidated by ABC. A wonderful homeopathic remedy for that is lycopodium. It's good for erectile dysfunction. It's good for the, the lack of self-confidence. And it works through the liver. Wonderful results, especially in higher potencies, just as a, as a one example. So you don't always have to go and talk everything up. The remedy actually starts to transform that for you. Amy, it's something that isn't like so mainstream. You get these packets of people who are totally sold out to homeopathy and, you know, they go everywhere for it. And that's their first stop. Mm. But the majority of people, are they'll look at it from afar off and they might try it for oh, a first aid problem. So nothing really serious, but the full power of homeopathy is in chronic disease. You might have to have treatment for like six months. Sometimes, very often, you start seeing results after the first month. So it is really powerful. It has its place especially if you're looking to overcome the use of drugs and to what we call in homeopathy, restore the vital force, restore the vitality that you once had. Thank you so much for joining me today and talking about men's health. It is so important to get that conversation started. I'm really passionate about it. It's great. I mean, and it works. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I'll share all of your links and resources down in the show notes or in the description of the podcast episode. And if you have any questions, you can shoot them through to me or Dr. DePontes, or you can comment on the videos. And as always, we'd love to hear your feedback. If there's any topic that you'd like to hear on the show, please let me know. Thanks for joining me on the Holistic Health Show and trusting me to guide you towards proactive health care. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and get ready to embark on an incredible journey toward holistic wellness. Until next time, be well and stay holistic.